Welcome and thank you for joining us at Christian International Ministries. Our vision is to help you hear God's voice to change your world. For more information about this and other resources, please visit www.christianinternational.com. Over and over, the Lord just had me continue to decree, the anointing destroys the yoke. 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 Say it with me. The anointing destroys the yoke. Say it with me again. The anointing destroys the yoke. Now, how many of you actually really believe the anointing destroys the yoke? Amen? Come on. How many think that sometimes it's really easy just to throw that off into something that's intangible, impractical, and doesn't really change our lives? But the Word of God tells us that the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. So when we find ourselves yoked with something, we need to make that declaration like a breaker. The anointing destroys a yoke. Say it again. The anointing destroys the yoke. And so I'm going to talk about the anointing this morning because how many of you can recognize that maybe there could be perhaps something in your life that you'd love to see get destroyed or perhaps even in the life of a loved one or in a circumstance, you'd love to see a yoke destroyed because of the anointing. Let me just say this. Sometimes people say the anointing breaks the yoke. That's not actually what it says. It says the anointing destroys the yoke. When something's destroyed, it can't be fixed. Sometimes we've had things broken, and the second we step out of the church, it's all put back together again. Come on. How many want to see some things destroyed that the enemies tried to yoke us with? Amen? At the beginning of this year, most of you have heard me say this maybe more than once, maybe 10, 20 times, maybe. I had a dream where I pulled up into a oil change facility and, you know, a place where you go to get your oil changed in your car. And in the window was a sign that said, change your oil, it'll change your life. And God is saying to us in this season of reformation, in this season of restoration, that we need an oil change. We need to empty out the old and get filled with the new oil. Amen? Now, I believe that the anointing actually speaks of, of a place where we uh, are not looking to our own natural resources to solve a problem. We're not looking to our own wisdom. I mean, it, God's not offended by us using our own wisdom and our own knowledge. I mean, I think that God expects us not to be stupid. Okay? God expects us to use what he's given to us. But I believe that the anointing comes in at a time when we don't have a natural solution or a natural answer. And the anointing comes in and begins to completely shift things because of the power and the presence of God in our lives. God doesn't want us just leaning to our own understanding. But when we, when we put our trust in him, and how many of you are honest enough to say that a lot of times we don't choose to put our trust in him until we've exhausted our trust in ourselves? Or we've exhausted our trust in our own natural resources. Okay, and then we find ourselves in a place where we go, okay, I guess I need to put my trust in the Lord. Okay? But the scripture tells us in Psalms 92, 10, it says, you have, I have been anointed with fresh oil. 
This morning, God wants to anoint us with fresh oil. Amen? Did you hear what Rhonda, the word she gave about it, it touching that dry, parched ground in our lives? The anointing answers all things. So let's take a, a little look at the scripture. We're going to take a little journey through the scripture this morning. And I just believe that God's going to release anointing over your lives that's going to shift things. It's going to change some things. How many have some things that you want to see shifted? How many, let's, let's, let's take this beyond just our personal situation and let's believe that God can shift this house, that God can shift this territory. And do we believe that God can actually shift a nation? Because the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. John, first John 2.27 says, as for you. So I want you to start out by saying, as for me. Okay, this is personal to you. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. Okay, everybody put your hand on your belly right here. This is what I want to say. The anointing doesn't just come and go. The anointing remains. The anointing abides. When we receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost doesn't come and go. The Holy Ghost indwells us. Right? He lives inside us, okay? Whether we're praying or doing spiritual things or not, the Holy Ghost is inside us. So you have received an anointing, and that anointing remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. So I'm going to go sit down. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is what? Real. As that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. The anointing is real. That means that when the anointing is present, and let me just say, if it dwells in you all the time, that means that the anointing is actually present all the time. So the question is, are we drawing on or putting a demand on the anointing that's in us all the time? Bishop said, tell us how. (laughs) I woke up with a, a very bad headache this morning. Very bad headache. I don't have a headache now. I don't, I don't have one now. A lot of times I get a bad headache like that. It, it can put me down for the day. But you know what? I knew I was preaching on this. So, you know, I had to be like, okay, I, best, I guess I better, the preacher better believe what she preaches, right? The anointing is real. The anointing destroys the yoke. Come on, you know what happens sometimes is that we just give in. And rather than putting a demand on the anointing that's inside of us, we lean to our own understanding. Or we lean to a a past pattern instead of saying, you know what? The anointing is real. And if the anointing dwells in me and it has the power to destroy yokes, then I command the anointing inside of me to destroy whatever yoke I'm being yoked with at this point. We've got to put a demand. That means that we've got to activate our faith. That means we've got to speak to things. That means that we've got to decree things. That means that we can't just go, I hope it works. We've got to lay hold and say, I know it works. How many have ever prayed for something and not had it work the way you thought it should work? 
Does it change the truth of God's word? It doesn't. So we've got to put a demand on the anointing that's inside of us. Look at 1 John 2.20. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. I want you to say, I have the anointing. And what does the anointing do? It destroys yokes. Now let's look at Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. How many know the enemy wants to burden us down? Circumstances want to burden us down. His burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Now, I want to give you the actual Hebraic meaning of this phrase. It means because you have grown so fat. I don't mean to offend anybody or myself at this point. But here's the picture, okay? The yoke on the, the oxen would get destroyed because the oxen would eat and eat and eat and grow fatter and fatter and fatter, and the yoke would literally disintegrate off of his body. It would literally just absolutely pop and shatter off of his body because he had grown so fat. Everybody's so quiet right now because you feel like I'm messing with you. Okay. How many believe that we ought to be fat? Come on. Everybody's having a really hard time coming into agreement with this statement. I know. <laughs> okay, we have to pray in tongues. We're, Lord, we're talking about spiritually, okay? We're talking spiritual things right now. We've got to grow so fat on eating the things of the Spirit that the yoke gets completely destroyed, completely disintegrates. This word anointing, it's interesting because uh, Apostle Tom got up and he said, you know, whatever the enemies tried to smear you with this week, do you know that the word anoint literally means to smear? How many think that God ought to smear us a little bit more? What happens when the enemy smears us is he puts stuff on us that other people see and are maybe put off by. But when God smears us, he puts stuff on us that other people are attracted to. Other people are drawn to. Other people actually notice because it is an irradiation of the glory of God that begins to rest upon our lives. But this word anointing is a very interesting word because it actually means this. It means to furnish you with everything that you need to furnish you with everything that you need when so we have received an anointing and we're going to receive an anointing that destroys yokes and that makes us free years ago I heard a story about um, this was actually in the news it was a story about a young three-year-old girl that was playing in her backyard out in Southern California, I believe it was, and she fell down an old abandoned well, the shaft of an old well, and she fell about 20 feet down and got stuck kind of in the, in the narrowing part of the well. And the rescue workers came out, and they were trying to figure out how in the world to get to her because it was a, it was a little unstable, and she, she was stuck in this, in this shaft, 
And so they were able to fit, feed a rope down to her. They were able to get it over the, the upper part of her body. And they pulled and pulled, but she was stuck. So they were trying to figure out how in the world the, the, the shaft was too narrow to get someone else down there. So they were actually talking about either uh, digging an, a, a, a parallel well and, and digging over, not a well, but a, a parallel uh, shaft and digging over to her. They didn't know what to do. And time was going on and on and on. And the, obviously the parents were very distraught. And all of a sudden the dad got this idea. He would go to the store and he bought three giant bottles of Crisco oil. This is a true story. He bought three giant bottles of Crisco oil, went back and poured the oil down all over the head of his daughter. It just, just greased her up really good. And then he told the rescue workers, now pull again. And this time when they pulled, she came loose. How many know that sometimes it just takes a little anointing oil to get us loose from where we've been? The anointing destroys the yoke. And the anointing greases the way, smears the way, so that we can get free from whatever, wherever we've been stuck. Maybe you've been stuck in sickness. Maybe you've been stuck in sorrow. Maybe you've been stuck in depression. I'm telling you, the anointing can get you unstuck. Amen? Now, in looking at the anointing oil and the symbol of this in biblical days, um, this was used as medicine. It was used as a source of food. Obviously, how many of you cook with olive oil? It's very good for you. Okay? It was used to light uh, to light lamps and lanterns. It was used in ceremonial rituals uh, to, to actual anoint with oil. They anointed kings. They anointed priests. They, they used it as a sim, uh, symbolically representative of the release of God's blessing and God's favor over different individuals. And so we use it today as uh, being si- not just a symbol, but as being uh, that which uh, releases something to us uh, in the realm of the spirit with divine power, divine abilities, fulfilling a fulfilling a consecrated position when we, when, we, uh, uh, when we anoint the sick, when we're anointing somebody for service, when we lay hands on them, when we anoint them with oil, it consecrates them for service. And the oil is also a symbol of abundance. That's where the fatness comes from. It was a commodity in trading and wealth. People that had abundance of oil we're very, very rich people because it was used throughout society. Um, it's a different kind of oil than we're talking about today. Okay, this is the, uh, the olive oil. So let's look at the next screen and let's look at the, the, the process of uh, harvesting the olive oil. Because this is what, when, when you travel in the Mediterranean area, everywhere you go, there are fields and fields of olive oil. I, I, I mean, of olive trees. And it's really interesting when they describe to you the process of harvesting the ripe olive. First of all, it is allowed to ripen to the fullness of time. Some of you are being ripened right now. How many are excited about getting ripened? Don't read past point one when you raise your hand. Because once you get past point one, then you go on to point two. Okay? (laughs) Point two. The ripe fruit is then allowed to fall to the ground through winds and storms. Hallelujah. How many are getting excited about this message now? 
Actually, what they do is they put these, um, these tarps that are actually, they wrap the whole tree in these tarps so that as the wind begins to blow, rather than the, the, the fruit actually falling to the ground, it falls into these tarps. But the wind and the storms come at the ripened season and begins to shake the fruit loose. Okay? Then, if the fruit doesn't shake loose, we go to point three. Where they take sticks and they beat the fruit out of the trees. <laughs> God's going to get at your ripened fruit one way or another. Come on, how many know that you produce more in a challenging season than you ever do during a good, easy season? I know y'all aren't getting excited about this, okay? Point four. After they gather the fruit, then it's allowed to begin the fermenting process, which basically means it goes through systematized rotting. Hallelujah. And point five, then it gets crushed, pressed, stomped with the foot, the foot beaten, and all of this to release the oil. Anybody here feel like you've gone through any crushing any pressing, any beating, any stomping, any challenges, any trials. Last week I preached on testing. Y'all should have been ready for me this week. <laughs> this is the process that God will take us through to produce the purity of oil that comes out of our lives. Anybody... That's anybody in the kingdom of God has been through this process more than once. Let me just tell you, this is not one of those that you get to say, okay, been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt to prove that I've been there and done that. Don't have to go there again. Do you realize that they do this every single year? They do this every single year to keep oil flowing. How many of you want to keep oil flowing in your life? The right, proper response is actually to raise your hand. It's just hard to do that when you know what's involved in the process. Okay? <laughs> we have to understand that Jesus went through this process. Jesus himself actually went through this process. He was prepared. He had a vision, you know, that he was, he, he was coming to, to purchase for himself a bride. He was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Then he was tested and tried going out to the wilderness. And then he was challenged by all the crowds, all the Pharisees, all the Sadducees. And then ultimately he was actually physically beaten and actually physically crucified. Why? Because there was oil that needed to come out of him that would redeem you and I from every stuck place. Come on, how many know that we were stuck in sin? We were stuck in separation from God. But Jesus was willing to be that, like that olive, that was willing to go through the crushing, the beating, the torment, the turmoil, in order that the oil of redemption could flow from him to set you and I free. How many are so thankful Jesus did that so that he could get us unstuck so let's look at Luke chapter 4, because when he started out in his earthly ministry, this is what he went, walked in and he picked up. He picked up the scrolls of Isaiah, and he began to read out of Isaiah chapter 61. And this is what he began to declare. He began to declare, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want you to say that with me today. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Because he's upon each and every one of us as we've entered into covenant relationship with him. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has smeared me with oil. He has furnished me with everything that I need. He has empowered me through his grace to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Let's just listen to it again. Just leave it there on the screen. And I'm going to give you some definitions. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He's rubbed me and smeared me with oil and grease to consecrate me, to preach the gospel, to preach fresh, full, cheerful word of God, to announce or declare good things to the poor, those who are depressed circumstantially, those who are needy, those who are humble. How many know God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble? Then he goes on to say, he has sent me. This word, this phrase sent me is apostolos, from which we get the word apostle. He has sent me, has called me to be a sent one. I want you to say, he has sent me. You are apostolos. You are sent ones from the presence of God. Oh, Lord, I love your presence. And he says, good, go out and do my work. Remember? Remember the, the, the discourse? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. I love you. Good, go feed my sheep. No, but Lord, I love your presence. I just want to sit at your feet. I know, I know. Go feed my sheep. See, it's got to be about the presence of God coming into the presence, but carrying the presence. Not just staying in a place where we're separated from, the, from, from society and the world. It's getting filled so that we can be sent. Getting filled so that we can be carriers of the anointing of God everywhere we go. He has sent me up a cellos to heal the brokenhearted. Those that are crushed, destroyed, hurt, their heart, their will, their intellect. To proclaim liberty, in other words, to preach deliverance or jubilee to the captives, the prisoners of war. How many prisoners of war do you see out there every day? And recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed or bruised, to proclaim the acceptable, favorable year of the Lord. So this is what God has given us an anointing for. Number one, he's given us an anointing to bring the word to the poor, good news to the poor, the word of hope. Remember at the beginning of the year, I said, the Lord said that we're in three years of miracles right now. How many of you need miracles? See, here's the thing about miracles. Nobody wants to need a miracle. Everybody wants miracles. Nobody wants to need a miracle. But how many need a miracle? We need some miracles from Mom Hammond. We're getting them. Amen. We're getting them. We need some miracles for our grandson, Lucas. Guess what? We're getting them because we're putting a demand on the anointing. We're not just going, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, no, no. You have an anointing and the anointing is real and the anointing destroys the yoke. Say, I have an anointing. The anointing is real and the anointing destroys the yoke. So we're to preach the word of hope. 
The word of hope. Remember the Lord said to me, I'm bringing my church into three years of seeing signs, wonders, miracles, fulfillments of prophecies, fulfillments of promises that they've been believing for for a long time so that I can restore hope to my church so the church can restore hope to the world. The world is in a hopeless state right now. Let me tell you, there's craziness in the world. There's nobody there offering any hope. Let me say, our president will not save us, and I don't care who it is that's sitting in that office. Our president will not save us. I do care who sits in that office, but I'm saying that our salvation does not rest. And who's in our White House? Who's in our governor's house? Who's in our state houses? That's not the answer. We need to pray. We need to to, to be involved. We need to be active. But that's not our answer. Our government cannot save this nation. Our government cannot save our families. Come on. The anointing destroys the oak. The anointing brings a change. We've got to preach the good news. Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when dreams come true at last, there is life and joy. Message says it this way. Unrelenting disappointment can make your heart break. Unrelenting disappointment can make your heart break. But a sudden good break can turn your life around. How many are positioned for a sudden good break? Amen. Now, Romans 15, 13 is a scripture I've just been living in. This whole year, I believe, is a, a powerful scripture. I'm going to give you, this is the Amplified translation of it. I, I'm learning it in all the different translations. Uh, Amplified says, may the God of your hope, say my hope, so fill you with all joy and peace in believing through the experience of your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound and be overflowing, bubbling over with hope. How many want to be bubbling over with hope. That's where it's got to start. Look here in Ephesians chapter 3. This is what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. Now, remember, the, the church at Ephesus was a very interesting church to study because Ephesus was the center of occult and magic training. Okay, everybody gathered from all over Asia, all over Europe to come to Ephesus to be trained in the occult and magic. You think Santa Rosa Beach has a problem with pagans and witches. Let me just tell you, Ephesus had their fill. Not only that, it was the center for goddess worship. Throughout the entire world at that point, Diana or Artemis was worshipped in the temple in Ephesus. I'm not talking about people having idols in their heart. We're talking about a huge five-story tall figure of Diana. We're talking about some hardcore things. Not only that, there was harsh persecution against the church there. There were all kinds of false teachers that were in Ephesus, perverting the gospel, twisting things. How many think they had some challenges? So listen to how Paul prayed for them. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, 
that you being rooted and grounded in what? Love. How many heard the word of the Lord this morning about God's love touching us? God is saying the answer to all this shaking is to be rooted and grounded in love. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. How are we filled with the fullness of God? How are we filled with this anointing? We know the love of Christ. Is it that simple? Yeah. Fall in love with Jesus again. Let me tell you, the fact that my, lo- my husband loves me empowers me. It empowers me. It gives me courage. It gives me boldness. It gives me strength. Because my husband loves me. How much better when we understand that God, our Father, loves us even beyond, so far beyond what a human being can love us. He empowers us. His love empowers us. When we're convinced that God loves us, when we're convinced of the love of God, let me tell you, it'll, it'll really change your life. Not when we're just talking about it, but when we're really intimately convinced that Jesus loves me. Not just because the Bible tells me so, but because I've, I've experienced the love of God. It grounds us that you may be grounded in the love of God. Now to him, who? To him who loves us so much. To him who is able. That is the word dunamai. Dunamis. To him who is full of all power to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and forever. Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can ask or think. Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can ask or think. Say it with me. Exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can ask or think. That's literally the phrase, superabundance. How many believe that God can release superabundance of everything we need? Superabundance. So if you feel like you need some more hope in God's ability to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can ask or think. Just lift up your hands right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, that the God of hope is going to fill us so full of hope that we're going to bubble over with joy and peace and hope and abundance and a supernatural faith that comes out of that hope. And Lord, miracles that flow out of that faith. Father, I thank you, Lord, that the limitations are being torn off. Every wall of hindrance is being broken down. Every mindset that has held us back is being destroyed. Every yoke on our mind, every yoke on our heart, every yoke of unbelief, every yoke of hopelessness is being destroyed because we've grown so fat with expectation, with so fat with the anointing, Lord, that it's completely, completely obliterated. Father, we receive that right now. Now just take a deep breath from the Spirit of the Lord. Father, we receive that now. Hope that destroys hopelessness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Out of that is going to flow deliverance. 
Out of that is going to flow freedom. Go to the next slide. Thank you. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Perfect love casts out fear. Right now, if you have issues with fear, anxiety, depression, physical pain associated with any of those things, aches, pains, any kind of chemical dependency that's not righteous, any kind of thing that, that, that holds you back, anything that you can kind of pinpoint and say, I need, some, I need some freedom in this area, I want you to stand up real quick. When I ask you to stand, I'm not asking you to tell everybody what your issues are today, okay? I'm just asking you to stand if you're saying, I need some freedom and deliverance. I need some wholeness. I need some release. I need some things to be set free, okay? Those of you that are, those of you that are seated, just stretch your hands out toward them. I'm, I'm going to just declare Isaiah 61 over you to proclaim the year of the favor of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Come on, if you've got grief or mourning, you get to your feet too. If you're mourning, if you're caught in grief, if you're caught in any of these things, stand up. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for a display of his splendor. You will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. I thank you, Father, that your anointing destroys every yoke. Father God, whatever yoke is yoked on our minds, on our lives, on our bodies, we declare today the delivering power, the freedom that comes because Jesus bore our sickness. He bore our infirmity. He bore everything, Father God, our griefs, our sorrows, our burdens. Lord, we declare because of what Jesus did. Lord, not because of how smart we are, not because of how good we are, but because of what Jesus did. Lord, we can be set free. Father, we destroy every yoke of shame, every yoke of oppression, every yoke of depression right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, for an infilling, a fresh infilling of the power of God in our lives that shatters every yoke that the enemy would try to bring in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Now, I want you to take a deep breath before you're seated. Take a deep breath. Even some of you that are seated need to do this. Some of you right now are getting a yoke exchange. (laughs) Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're lifting off the oppression. You're lifting off the spirit of heaviness. You're lifting off the grief. You're shattering pain. In Jesus' name, you can just be seated. We're going to stay in this flow. If if you need healing in your body, if you're in pain right now, if you're in pain, if you've got 
sickness in your body that you need that you need healing from, just you go ahead and stand up real quick. Scripture says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. We'll have a time of prayer later if you want to be anointed with oil. Is Roberta still in the hospital? She gets out today, but let's send the word to Roberta as well. Roberta, faithful deacon in this house. She's been in the hospital. Father, we send the word of healing to her right now, Father. We thank you, Lord, that your word tells us, Lord, that if we're sick, Lord, we can ask for prayer. We'll be anointed and be healed. Now, Father, I thank you right now. Do we still have prayer cloths over there? Can you just check? I wasn't really prepared for that, but if we still have prayer cloths, we have a few, we have a bunch, we have a bunch. Okay, really quickly, if you need healing in your body, I want you to come down here. These have already been prayed over, but let's just anoint them again. We believe, you know, in prayer cloths. We believe, we believe that it says that cloths were taken from Paul's body and people received healing. We're going to anoint these with oil. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Apostle, Bishop, if you guys would come. If you're watching online and you just want to go get a cloth, we're going to just pray a prayer of anointing over these, and we're going to just believe. We're going to send one of these to mom as well. Stretch your hands out, people of God. Bishop, do you want to pray? Father, we stand on the authority of your word, not on the authority of our righteousness or our worthiness, but upon your grace, what you've already done. You've already paid the price. You received the 39 stripes now. We agree and decree and appropriate what you've already provided. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing right now, and we rebuke every demonic force that's attached to this disease or sickness or affliction. Go right now. We command it so, and we put the anointing, anointed with this, and when it comes, the demons have to flee. The healing has to flow, and restoration come now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now, they're going to come, and they're going to bring these, uh, these cloths to you. We're going to take one to mom. Amen. To mom Hammond. But we're going to have them just go ahead and, and apostle, if you'll just go ahead and just pray just, just real quickly. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for just that release upon each and every one of these, Father. Lord, you didn't say that we had to pray some 10-minute prayer. Father God, you said anoint them with oil and they would be healed. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, right now. Father God, that every yoke of infirmity, every yoke of sickness, every yoke of disease, Father God, Lord, everything that's out of order in our physical bodies, Father God, that, that uh, healing was provided for us in the atonement. Come on, everybody say healing is in the atonement. Father, we just receive right now, God, the healing power of God right now. The healing of Jesus Christ, Lord, is in the atonement. So we thank you right now, Father God, that you're touching your healing bodies. You're completely eradicating pain. Lord, the same way that you took pain out of my body this morning, Father, you're taking pain out of these bodies. Lord, we thank you, Father God, right now, Lord, that there is a release from heaven. A release from heaven right now, Father God. A release from heaven. 
of the undone. Right now, Father God, we thank you, God, that every cycle of infirmity, every yoke of sickness is being destroyed. We thank you, Father God, that it's not by our might or by our power, but, Father, it is by your spirit. So, Lord, we loose that anointing right now, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that there is healing, that there is power. Every bit of pain has to go right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, God, for that healing anointing. We thank you, God, for that power. Release, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's just continue to pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for each one of these. Lord, we just thank you, Father. Lord God, for that release that's coming from heaven right now, Father God. That release that's coming from heaven, Father. Lord, not from the hands of man, but from the hand of God. Lord, we thank you, God, for that supernatural release, Father God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we just release that. Let's give the Lord a hand clap right now. Thank you, Father. We just thank you for healing. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders who will anoint them with oil. And what does it say? Oh, we're on the wrong scripture. (laughs) And the Lord will raise him up. Let's clap our hands that the Lord will raise them up. So we receive good news. We receive hope. We receive deliverance. We receive, uh, we receive healing. We receive new vision. Number four, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, people perish. Several different translations. I love this scripture. I love the way that it says it in several different translations. Yeah, we are vision church. That's right. This is our scripture. <laughs> where there is no prophecy, one translation says, where there is no prophecy, people perish. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there is no progressive prophetic word, people dwell carelessly or wander aimlessly. I like the way the message says it. It says when people can't understand what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. That kind of makes it clear, doesn't it? I want everyone here just to anoint your eyes. Listen, we're in a renovation season, but God's not just renovating this church. He's renovating our lives. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, in this season of renovation, you're giving us fresh vision. Lord, fresh vision for this house and fresh vision for every house, Lord. Lord, you're renovating our hearts. You're renovating our families. You're reorganizing. You're, you're reorienting. You're realigning us, O oh God. And in the middle of that, Father, we pray that you will give us eyes to see what you're doing, Lord. Father, you will give us eyes of prophetic revelation, pro- progressive prophetic words, Lord, so that we can continuously move forward, Father God, not just living off of a word from 10 years ago, but, Father God, living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God today. Let that rhema anointing rest upon us. Give us fresh revelation. Give us fresh vision and a new vision for a new day, Father. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that vision causes us to shift. So, Father, thank you for causing each and every one of us to shift in to our greater release of this anointing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know, vision caused Paul to shift on the road to Damascus. Saul became Paul. Later on, it caused him to shift when he was on his way to someplace else and the man from Macedonia came to him in a night vision and said, come over here and help us. How many know when we get revelation, revelation from God, it can shift the whole course of your life? 
So I thank you, Father, that you're going to release the vision that we need to come into that place, Father God, of superabundance. Number five, and this is the last point I'm going to make today, is that the anointing releases us into the favor of the Lord to proclaim the acceptable, favorable year of the Lord. To proclaim. God is proclaiming to us today. As God has anointed us, he's anointing us to proclaim the favor of the Lord. Some of you need to start proclaiming God's favor over your life. You need to start making it a decree that God will favor you. That God will open doors for you. That things will happen for you that don't happen for others. Let me remind you of a story. It's not in my notes, but, you know, I like to tell stories. So years ago, maybe five or six years ago, we took a team with us over to England. Um, Crystal, I think, was, I'm not, I think she was on that trip. The one where we missed our flight. Yes, she was there. Okay. So we had about, there was about six of us. And you would think that in traveling all over the world like we do, that I would know how to read a flight schedule. But somehow, I messed it up really bad. And we got to London Gatwick Airport two hours after our flight left. Not two hours before our flight, like you're supposed to be there, two hours after the flight left. And so I was like, oh, well, you're going to need to put us on the next flight. And the lady looked at me with this look of horror on her face, and she said, Ma'am, the soonest that I can confirm you on the next flight is two weeks from today. (laughs) I mean, no, this is not going to work. So we went over and began to pray. And, of course, I felt really bad because this was my fault, okay? I made this mistake. and, And the lady said to me, she said, why did you miss your flight? Why? And I'm like, I know, it's my fault, you know. So then they sent us to this other, this other desk to try to work it out. And she said, listen, the, the, the best recommendation that I can give you, she said, is for you to transfer from Gatwick over to Heathrow, which is another airport in the London area. She said they have more flights that go in a day that can take you to New York or Atlanta or Chicago or Detroit or some of the major cities and kind of start working your way home from there because what had happened is that there was a big British Airlines strike um, that had gone on and was actually still going on, so all the other passengers were flooding into the Delta system. And so um, she said, the best I can recommend is go over to Heathrow, get checked in there, and then just go through security, and then maybe we can kind of work you guys through and get you through one at a time until we get you out. And I was like, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll try that. And so uh, we, you know, we began to pray for the favor of the Lord, okay? Most of my team was, was better at praying for favor than I was at that moment, okay? Honestly, because I just felt so bad. My head was all messed up. But they were like, God, we just believe that you can open the doors of favor. And I'm like, yes, amen, Lord. But I didn't have a whole lot of faith, okay? But, but we were agreeing, all right? So we went over to Heathrow. We checked our stuff in. When we go up to check our stuff in, the guy goes, oh, my gosh, why did you miss your flight? I'm like, okay, yeah, thank you very much. This is my fault. So we checked through, went to the other side of, of uh, security. Now, not only are we God's favorite, we're Delta's favorite, okay? Because we do a lot of traveling with Delta. So we got to the other side of security, and pretty soon we were on the other side, and we get this, we get this call from the gate. And they say, well, Mr. and Mrs. Um, Hammond, Tom Hammond and Jane Hammond, please come to the desk. 
And so we go up to the desk, and the lady says, well, I've got, uh, because you guys are, are good customers with Delta, we've got um, seats for you and your daughter, and the, the, the two of you and your daughter. We've got seats for the three of you. And I said, well, what about the other three people that are traveling with us? And these were business people, people that had lives that they had to get back to. I said, well, what about these other people? Can you get them on the flight? And uh, they said, well, uh, no. You know, this is, I, we said, well, how about if, um, if we give them our tickets and then we'll take a later flight? She says, no, I'm, I'm sorry, we can't do that. I said, well, listen, I said, I said, you know, these people have never traveled internationally before. This is their first international trip and they don't really know how to manage. I have to really stay here with them to help them you know, to help them because they don't, they've not really managed international stuff before. So, so we really either need to all go together or, or need to, you know, I need to be able to stay with them and send some of them. And the lady's like, well, no, I'm sorry. And I said, well, listen, what I mean by that is they didn't even know that England was an island. And the lady went, oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, so you need to help, let me, you know, let me help. So, so anyway, I just said, you know, I just, I would just really appreciate if you could just do me any kind of a favor. Did you hear what I said? Could you do me any kind of a favor? I would appreciate it. And she said, well, let me just see what I can do. And we prayed for favor. And I want you to know that just about a few minutes later, she called me back up to the desk and she slid six boarding passes across the table to me. And she goes, here is, uh, here are the boarding passes for your family. Mrs. Hammond, which was really funny because one of the other couples was black. So that was really funny. Um, <laughs> but they said, here is, here is for members of your family. And they were actually paying people to get off that plane, to put my family on the plane. Now, I understand that part of that is because we had favor with man, but I think ultimately it was because we had favor with God. And let me tell you, we ended up getting home only two hours past the time of our original flight. How many believe that favor can open doors for us that man cannot open? And I just felt last night as I was praying about ministering this morning, I I, I kept just feeling like God said, I want to release a new season of favor to my people. But they've been so beaten down by hopelessness for the last seven or eight years that it's hard for people to really engage to believe that favor could come for them, that doors would open, that things could change, that favor could show up and begin to shift everything. How many are believing that it could be your new season of favor as well? Amen. Isaiah 61 verse 6 says, but you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles and in their glory, you shall boast. Instead of shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, you'll rejoice in your portion. Therefore in your land, say in my land, I will possess double and everlasting joy will be mine. Look at this in Isaiah 49. I'm going to read you a couple more scriptures and I'm going to pray for you. Isaiah 49 says, in the time of my favor, God says, I will answer you. Has God not already said he's going to answer us? He's going to fulfill things. He's going to do miracles. He's going to bless us. He's going to, he's going to release things. God says, in the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and will make you a covenant for the people to restore the land. Everybody say restore the land. 
and to reassign its desolate inheritances, to say to the captives, come out, and to those in darkness, be free. The purpose of our favor is to restore the land and to set captives free. Psalms 5.12 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Daniel 7 verse 21 tells us that when we receive favor, it gives us the power to shift the kingdom. Look at this. Daniel says, I was watching, and the same horn, which was an enemy, was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until. Everybody say until. I believe this morning is until. Come on, everybody say until. Until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. I want you to stand to your feet. Father, we believe that your favor shifts the battle. Your, your favor shifts circumstances. It opens doors that have been closed. It destroys yokes that have been binding us and, and bondages over our lives. Father, we decree today that the Ancient of Days is here and he is extending his scepter of favor and he is releasing judgment in favor, in our favor, oh God. Lord, the gavel is being sounded in the courtrooms of heaven and Lord, you are declaring favor to the saints so that we can possess the kingdom. The set time of your favor has come to Vision Church. The set time of your favor has come to Bishop and Mom Hammond. The set time of your favor has come to Christian International. The set time of your favor is being released upon every single individual, every single family, and every single house. The set time of your favor has come. Let's give the Lord a shout today in the house of God. Hallelujah. We receive it now in the name of Jesus. Now just reach over and grab your neighbor's hand and we're going to pray one more time. Father, we just thank you this morning that as we are received, have received anointing, Father God, the anointing remains in us. Now, Father God, as we connect up, we thank you, Father God, that there is a sharing of that yoke-destroying anointing one to the next, Father God. Lord, that, that bodies are being healed, lives are being set free, families are being delivered, prodigals are coming home, answers are being given, Father. We decree, decree, Father God, the set time of your favor has come to this house. The set time, Father God, upon every business, upon every family, upon every marriage, upon every circumstance right now, Father, we decree the set time of your favor has come and that the anointing has destroyed every yoke of hindrance, every yoke of obstacle, every yoke of obstruction now. We declare it has been destroyed because of what Jesus did for us. We declare it now. We send the word to Mom Hammond now, Father God, for this same breakthrough healing anointing, Father God, that every yoke of death and disease over her body has been destroyed because of the anointing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time.